everybody. Welcome to FTF Podcast with me, Drew Toothpaste, and Ed Zitron. Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. We were just talking about uh, Drew had soup for yeah. dinner. And that is, that's the entire episode. Good night, folks. Thanks so much. That, it, yeah. Today's Thanksgiving. Well, it isn't. It's going to be Thanksgiving soon, but we're doing a Thanksgiving episode in the sense that for once in our godforsaken lives, we are actually going to talk about things we are thankful for online and tech because I think that one of the issues with online is that it is this insanely polarized thing where you either love something or you want to burn everyone and everything to do with it in hell. You want them to suffer like G did to quote House of the Dead. And yeah, it's it's not great because you can't just like stuff anymore. But nevertheless, we're thankful for quite a lot. I know I am. I, I think, Ed, online. number one today, number one today has got to be soup. Look, uh, uh, Ed and I were talking <laughs> before we before we started here, we were talking about, hey, you know, you can't beat a good thick soup. You know, it has to have viscosity. Right. It has to be the kind of soup yeah. where when when you eat, when when you put half of it in the fridge, it turns into jello because it's got so much uh, collagen. Oh, the fat. Collagen and fat oh, yeah. and stuff in there. Exactly. Yeah. Inedible past like the first 30 minutes of ex- its existence if you turn off the heat. <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know what I've been doing lately, Ed, is I've been uh, making soup. I've been doing this, uh, when I say lately, I mean like for the past three years, <laughs> because time is... That's, that's still, that counts as lately. Yeah, because time time is meaningless for me lately at this, oh, in this year, at this stage in my life. But I've been making soup lately, and what I do is I just take a shitload of bones, and I take whatever kind of meat I can find, whether it's in my freezer, because I'll buy like a cow sometimes... Or uh, just like scraps from making wings or whatever. I always save the bones uh, from everything I'm I'm making, and I'll go put it out on the porch because the ventilation system in my house kind of sucks. It's a really old house, uh, and when right. the when the previous owners redid the kitchen, they did not put any ventilation in the kitchen. So it's like kind of a it's kind of hard to do something like have a big pot of boiling water going all day because it just turns yeah. the house into like steam and then it's going to turn to mold and, you know, it's awful. But uh, but I went out for soup and, uh, you know, you you can't beat it. And I've heard that there are people that are opposed to soup. And, and you said you like soup, but I'll tell you, I heard that Ohio disproportionately, people in Ohio, the state disproportionately eat more soup than people in any other state. I did not know that. I'm I'm very much, the best soup I've ever had is the one my mom makes. She makes this incredible, like, uh, what is it? It's um, butternut squash soup. It's like thick, but not overwhelming. And it's really good. And I'm going there at Christmas and looking forward to it. Nice. She probably had, I meant technological stuff oh, that we're thankful oh, for. Yeah. But I'm actually like fully game with the soup stuff. I mean... I had some Goga earlier. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, my my little niece and nephews are here, uh, and so we got a bunch of yeah. Goga, and then I couldn't find any, couldn't find anything to eat, so I just ate Goga, and I used it as an ex- experience to. I think it's like you have to have a bunch of fructose or sugar or whatever. I don't know how science works to have your. your I was about to say codeine, not the same thing. Creatine. 
so that I can be a big, big, strong man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Because uh, when you have an insulin response, it, from what I've heard, again, this is like a lot of this is like bodybuilder lore and neither Ed nor I are bodybuilders, but this is where you have to get your information. Y- you have to have uh, an insulin response from, I guess, your pancreas to get the creatine yeah. to go into your muscles, which increases your work capacity. And it, it theoretically speeds up your recovery. I found that it does both. It also drives water into your muscles. So it, uh, it makes you retain water, but like in a good way. So, which is great by the way, for literally any muscle other than my legs. I just look larger now, which is annoying. <laughs> but I mean, my legs were already, my legs were already like twice the size of my head. Yeah. Just all this, this biking shit is just like, I just have legs like the uh, song by ZZ Top. Don't remember the lyrics, <laughs> but I know legs was the title. And I assume that there was something about big legs, maybe long I, legs. I, I think them. it, I'll give I think ring. it was Ed Legs. I Ed think legs. it was, Ed legs that uh, uh, the song went uh, big legs, great legs, Ed legs. And then they clap like 14 times. <laughs> and then they spin their guitars and go down. Yeah. Yeah. And the spin of the guitar it, it's perfectly timed so that it goes, it spins only when they're saying, damn. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, with, with, the, with the technology that has just taken over the world and the velocity of uh, innovation in terms of technology and pushing technological limits and everything is just increasing. And we've gotten to the point where, you know, there may be people listening to this who don't know what ZZ Top was they were basically so if ZZ, but no, I'm actually gonna step in and say what ZZ Top in because it's been on my mind a lot. ZZ Top is a band, if came out today, they would be like they would not make it anywhere and they'd be called like insanely sexist. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, every yeah. song by them is like, like, I got an erection, Mr. Booted at a bus stop, and like they're like three old men with huge beards. Who just sing like they did Sharp Dressed Man. Oh, right, which, right. It's a great yeah. song. Don't get me wrong. But like all of their songs are somewhere close to a Me Too story. And the, they have a song called like, it's something like, oh, I've got to look this up. I'm looking it up. Z Top song about butt. Uh, let's have a look. It's called Tush. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have a song called yeah. Tush. They just, they, they're like one step away from having a song just called Ass. Like boobs. Uh, well, there was uh, well, there was a song came out uh, a few years ago, and it was either called "Ass" or it was called "A Dollar Sign Dollar Sign," and it was like uh, it was like a, a weirdly good song, and it had Nicki Minaj in it. So it was like very. Uh, it, it, there was a man. I think it was Big Sean. Not very good in my opinion, but it's fine. Big Sean and Nicki Minaj were in it and they were both like ass, ass, ass. And it was, it was, it was really catchy and it was good. And it sampled, um, oh God, it sampled an MC Hammer song. I don't remember which one. I love that they just released a song called Ass. Oh yeah. And just, but also ZZ Top has some, here's the thing I'm thankful for. Uh, His name's Caleb. Is it Caleb, I think? I should really remember the guy's name that I talk to fairly regularly. Nevertheless, he works at Raya. He's a lovely guy. And he's a lovely bloke. And also, he came up with a theory that ZZ Top are actually horny ghosts. Oh, yeah. Really? And basically, they are... 
that every and if you watch the videos it begins to make sense that they travel back to get their own get themselves laid so that they can be born wow and if you watch their videos it gets steadily more weird like they're always helping like down and out guys who are bullied get laid there's one where they do some like Naruto style hand signs in sleeping bag. <laughs> they do some Naruto style hand signs to make a sleeping bag appear, but also they do that to make a bridge disappear to stop the bad guys. Huh. Wow. And it's true. It's truly, truly a wonderful, a real treat. But also, if they released any of this music today, it would be like, oh, they just. They're just me too. It's just all that. Like, every song is basically like, I saw a lady got an erection. <laughs> well, I want to have sex with her vagina. <laughs> like every song yeah. is just like, that, perhaps not that graphic, but pretty close. Oh, yeah. Well, they had to. I could also spend the next hour just making up Z Top songs. I won't do it, but. That's, uh... that's going to be. That's the rest of my yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> my day just ruined. <laughs> Last week it was the funny names. This week, it's just ZZ Top songs. Well, that's on uh, that's on the premium episode. Listen, if you subscribe to <laughs> the premium <laughs> to um, Patreon and you make the uh, the seven hundred eighty five dollar a week pledge, right? You can listen to our long episodes, yeah. which are fourteen and a half hours. They're long. mostly they mostly consist of uh, names I've read out of a PHP script and Ed making uh, guitar sounds. But, uh, but, but so we, uh, and us trying to make a song happen out of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you get. And it's only, uh, $785 a week. Uh, but, but so what, Bargain. what we wanted to get to, uh, is the idea that, uh, you know, technology pushes us apart, uh, technology, uh, you know, frustrates us and eliminates, you know, real human contact and gives us this facsimile. And we are the monkeys uh, flocking to the cloth mother instead of the wire mother that has the actual uh, sustenance because we crave the feeling of the terry cloth on the monkey and so on and so forth. But, you know, we wanted to talk about what what are some things that have come out technologically that we truly enjoy, not and not as Ed said in a way where uh, you know you either super super love it and it's amazing, and then you move on to the next super amazing thing the next week, and not something where uh, you know it's truly mediocre. Just something that's really low key and satisfying and makes you feel good. And Ed, uh, I nothing makes me feel good, Ed. But uh, uh, why don't you start us off? <laughs> With <laughs> wow, on the spot. <laughs> I, I no, I uh, uh, no, I need like an insane amount. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be I honest. I need a ton of dopamine, dude. I'm not, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I know we bag on Twitter a lot, but I've made some amazing for like you, for example. Yeah, yeah. I Felix. I mean, I've met so many friends through to, like genuine like good real life friends people who came to my wedding like like lovely people and i think that that's uh perhaps that's a bug not a feature of twitter yeah. <laughs> like they'll, they'll find out and they're like whoa 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 can you uh give us a full rundown have you made friends with someone we'll take care of yeah that. yeah make sure that that doesn't happen again that you sure they didn't say anything like racist to you you sure want me to check but in in all seriousness i feel that Maybe it's broader than that. Maybe it's Facebook. Maybe it's online dating. Because the truth is, I met my wife on Match.com. 
Nice. Like I actually met my real ass damn wife. Dang. And my company, if I wouldn't, if I didn't have the ability to get introduced to pretty much everyone who works for me via Twitter or Facebook or what have you, I wouldn't have anything. And I mean, it's also genuinely horrible thinking like, oh God, what if, what if like I didn't have online? What if it happened? My, I have no skills of any kind. Oh shit. This is yeah. terrible. This, this will go so badly, but I, I just generally like all my problems, I ignore it. And I feel like I've managed to make these connections and we've talked multiple times about paring down things and filtering and everything. And I think perhaps I'm starting to get to a point where I'm actually just automatically not seeing as much shit, like not seeing as much just infuriating garbage. I'll see an occasional thing and I'll be like, ah, it's bad. But I was thinking about it and like six months ago, Twitter was genuinely annoying like every yeah. time I open it up, it would be someone having a fucking argument with someone else about something. And then I'd then now now it's like actually really nice. Like really, really nice. Okay, I actually enjoy going on Twitter now. I think it's also that I started muting political stuff. Like oh, someone yeah. was always tweeting about the politics. I just removed that from my life. Well you you have no, I feel you gotta do that because otherwise people will pick apart like the day's topics and just endlessly go into it and they don't have they don't have any information. They're just telling you what their interpretation is and and often going off on some bullshit. Be, right? You know what? I'd be fine if if I could find a place online where it was that but for like Queens of the Stone Age songs, I'd be so happy. I'd be like, cool. You want to discuss this at length? But no, it's like, oh, I want to dis- I want to talk about Trump psychology. I haven't seen much of that anymore. It's great. Uh, you know, I've it's perfect. I love I've it. disappeared that from my feed. It's uh, so good. I, uh, you know, just there's there's nothing left for me. I get absolutely no dopamine from that. You know, uh, you know what has been a great technological innovation that has come along what? that I I still don't think people appreciate very much is vaping oh yeah oh god yeah i mean it's fantastic i mean it's partly the like it's partly the it's just a much healthier way is it much healthier i think it is it's it's marginal it's marginally healthier you know it's not healthy but it's like i don't know the numbers it's let's say it's half it's half as damaging or a quarter as damaging as as cigarette smoke or or marijuana smoke yeah I also think the internet is, I'm thankful for the fact that the internet has just made it easier to get, like, weed. <laughs> just go on a website now and someone brings it over. Yeah, it's fascinating. For, for some people, this is true, I've been told. Well, not for you, I'm guessing, because the rules on the, well, uh, uh, in, in Ohio. Well, they just, so they just legalized it. They just legalized recreational use of cannabis in Michigan. And, uh, yeah, which is not Ohio. No, no, it's not Ohio, but I'm halfway up to Michigan. I'm two and a half hours away. So just pop on over there to get baked. Two and a half. Well, no, I wouldn't do it there because then you have to drive home. That would be awful. <laughs> I don't know why I'm imagining there's like a state border between Michigan and Ohio, like a big armed gate. It is. Like guns and like wire fences. And you just drive out the other side and you just get get a weed. <laughs> you're like, you're just like ripping a giant bong and all the guys over in Ohio are like, door, goo. <laughs> 
Well, uh, true toothpaste. Uh, yeah, I know, dude. Well, uh, uh, actually, now this uh, this bends back into pissing me off. Did you get the new Fallout? Do you play Fallout? No, no, I so, and that's actually something I'm really glad I got just old enough to not feel it necessary to buy a game because everyone's playing it. Yeah. I made the mistake and bought the bad cowboy game, which I've not played. And that's also a healthy thing I've done. That's self-care for me. But it's just, everyone's like, oh yeah, it's Fallout, but you know, it's a shitty version of it that you won't enjoy. I'm like, oh, cool. Skipping that. Just <laughs> moving moving on with my fucking life there. No, one, no need to play. And I'm sure someone will tweet at me and be like, it's actually good. And I'll be like, no, I, I don't need to. Don't need to do that. Don't need to play that. Oh, I, uh, and well, see, I got it, and it's like, it's it's okay. It's actually fine. Like, I played the old ones. That was one of the only games I ever played. So I, well, I, used so to, I, I, played, I played all of the Fallout games. I, for some reason, had a deep dislike for Fallout 4. Really? I thought it was just fucking mess of a game. I used to, for, for listeners who don't know this, I spent about 10 years reviewing games, so... This is one of the annoying things I can't do. I can't review games anymore because I would love to fucking just tear Fallout 4 a new one because, not just because it was a buggy mess, but that's kind of the... Apparently that's the thing you just get with Bethesda. Oh, yeah. You just have to tolerate that. You just have to say, that's nice. Well, yeah, the new the new game, I walked into like a factory and like the all the textures were like flashing and stuff. But but it, it was it was that's... like fine. I'll tell you what pissed me off though is uh, it's set what? in West Virginia, right? And they licensed oh, all no. they licensed all this music. Now I I will say, uh, so whenever I play Grand Theft or or you play something like I I don't know I don't really play that many games like Far Cry or something, you never see. And I'm I grew up in Ohio. I'm from Ohio. I'm actually from south uh, southwestern Ohio. And uh, a lot of like the foliage and the bird sounds and everything they put in are like really authentic because that's like the kind of flora and fauna that exist in southern Ohio. So I really liked it. You know, it's really pretty. It reminds me of pastoral Ohio, the, you know, the the uh, the forests and the wetlands and everything. Um, and so it's set in West Virginia, which is right next to Ohio. And um, there's a place called Point Pleasant that's right across the border from Ohio. And there's a bridge and you go across the bridge and the bridge is broken because everything's fucked right. up in Fallout. And you're like, fine, you kind of hop down, you walk on the truck, whatever, you hop on some rocks, you go in the radioactive water. And just as you start to emerge on the other side, on on Ohio, just on the land, on, on Ohio, on the other side of the river, it says you cannot go that way. And I went, I went, yeah, you cannot go that way. You can see it on the map. You can see it across the screen, like in front of you. And uh, so I went down. Like it's right there. Yeah, I went down the coast a ways, and then I kind of swam across the water, and it said, you cannot go that way. So I literally cannot return to my homeland in this game. That pissed me off. Uh, Yeah, that's the problem with these open world games. They kind of, they promise a lot more than they actually can deliver i feel and yeah i would i would just like fallout 4 for me was just that thing where everything needs to have a fucking everything needs to have some sort of management shit now and like you like i'd leave the fucking wasteland where i was and walk across and i'd get a call from a guy being like hey you need to water your nuclear dog or something oh i don't don't like and just constantly like i don't like like, you need to fucking go and do this 
And then it was also just the same level of buggy, but none of the charm of New Vegas. New Vegas, a game I fucking adore. I absolutely adore New Vegas. I think New Vegas, is it? Yeah, Fallout, Fallout New, New Vegas. Vegas. That, sounds, yeah. that sounds right in my brain. And it's great. It is great. It's a great game full of charm. And you know what? The bugginess I can absolutely take because it's just fucking silly. Like, it's a silly game. Fallout 4 felt really serious to me, which sucked. Anyway, we're, we, but actually, moving on to stuff I'm thankful for. So, Diablo 3 on the fucking Nintendo Switch. Holy shit, have they found the perfect storm of just shit I want to do and can do for hours. Really? Yeah, it's exactly like the PC game. Perfect controls. Exactly the same game. So much to do. So addictive. You talk about little dopamine things. Oh my Jesus! Like it's so good. So I, oh, I love it. So I much. haven't played any Diablo since I had the original one, and I think nine- uh, Diablo two was where really I realized I'm about to say Diablo two was where it really took off, and there have been three of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I another great statement from I, me. I had the only bad Diablo game. I I played it. Of course, it was no, Diablo it, it was one was 90s, good. It's but- just Diablo two. They very much Blizzard became the company that Blizzard is today. I felt like Diablo was still when they were kind of working their shit out. And yeah, but either way, I've been playing that on my Switch. I can like play it while we watch. We've run out of TV shows, so we're just fucking watching whatever the fuck we're watching. And we're like, oh, okay. I'm I'm like, I can play this game. I can do an adventure or two and great, I'm done. Or I can just pause it because the Nintendo Switch, you can just hit the off button. And it's one of the only standby modes that actually works. Oh, nice. So you can actually hit standby and then re, re like keep going later in the day. Every other one I've used, something breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. that's, I don't know. I've, I love that game. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Well, you know, uh, Ed, and we were talking about this. Uh, I uh, uh, I'll I'll play games on my iPad, and I'll have my laptop set up and everything while I'm biking. And lately, I've been uh, I've been back playing poker on my iPad, and uh, playing online poker is like uh, it it will always piss you off. Like whether I win or lose, whether I'm playing poker with my friends or I'm playing poker at the casino, well. Let's say eighty percent of the time at the casino, I have a I have a good time whether I win or lose. Uh, when I'm yeah, playing, it's the social. Yeah, yeah, because you meet just the weirdest fucking people. And when I go mm-hmm. and play with my friends, I always have a good time. And and I mean, also we don't play with enough money that it's like even consequential. It's like five dollars or whatever. And uh, I I am super grateful for uh playing poker somehow it has endured like as a fun game and uh you know there's nobody there are people who still see themselves as being some sort of poker pro or see themselves as a grinder or something but i don't ever run into those people you know i play at i I play with my friends i play on shitty poker apps where there's nobody good um and and i i don't know how you can be good at poker i barely know the rules and every time i play i'm like oh i'm doing what that guy did and then i'll do what he did and i'll just fucking lose because i don't really understand what's going on yeah (laughs) yeah and there's no way to learn so i just gave up 
there you're right that is a <laughs> that is the key is that there is actually no way to learn <laughs> Uh, just no way in like I well I'll tell you I'll tell you why I love it is because like it, it's almost like a statement on uh life itself because no matter what you do and no matter how well you plan and no matter how well you calculate there will always be somebody that fucks your shit up and sometimes yeah. it's somebody else you're competing with Sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. And sometimes you can sit there and fucking play for hours and hours and not go anywhere, not win anything, not lose anything. And you just hit a random streak of dumb luck and you make a hundred dollars or something. Right. And, and so it really, you, you have to embrace the chaos which is something that's like a coping skill for a lot of people when it comes to a lot of ideas is Im- just embracing the fact that there will be chaos. You can plan as well as you as you want and you can still manage to organize your life and organize your thoughts and your emotions like to a certain extent, but there will always be things that you cannot account for and you suddenly must account for immediately. And and I don't know that I find poker therapeutic, but it's fun. And uh, uh, also, if you ever go and you play live and you learn about it, you know, you you learn about uh, all the, the little mathematical things. It's really not complex. Uh, but you you learn, you know... Uh, it, you know, it's hard to explain, but, you know, if you have a pair and there's another card on the board or there's three to a flush or something like that, or you think somebody might have a straight or, you know, you analyze individual players, there's all this stuff that goes into it. Uh, but going and and having all this happen, it, it, it actually will exhaust your adrenaline. Uh, I, I played in a live poker tournament once. And, um, I think it lasted 11 and a half hours because I, I did not, I did not win. I, I ended up splitting the, the final, uh, I don't know how many people were there, uh, maybe 80 or a hundred people. And I split it with like six or seven other guys. Uh, and it was like a pretty low entry tournament. I didn't win that much money, but I was fucking dead. By the end of it, because when you get into a hand and you're looking at somebody and you're trying to figure out what they're doing and they're fucking staring at you and you've got money on the line and you know you've got a good hand or you know you have a bad hand or worse of all, you you have no idea what they have and uh, you don't know if if your hand is good or not and and you're there and they like re-raise you, your adrenaline just starts fucking flowing and uh, you can feel your pulse throbbing. And uh, it, it is really super fun. And also, if you are not paying attention or you go in and you're very uh, blusterous and you're very cocksure, you will lose money. And uh, that's cool. One of my favorite times ever playing poker was uh, I walked in. I, I just walked into the casino and uh, got a table, sat down at the table, 
old guy sitting next to me, three or four hands in, I get dealt a pretty good hand, right? It ended up being that I yeah. I had a pair, he had a pair, and there was a third card of each of our pairs that got dealt to the board. I managed to take all of his money because I had a higher three of a kind. And when the hand was over, he turns to me and he goes, you played that horrible kid. And I was fucking elated because I was like 36 or 37. And he called me kid. I was like, yes, I am. I just kind of want to know why you played that horrible. I, I play, I think I played it perfectly. I think I so played you turned it. turned around and you said, listen, you old fuck. No. I well no well, I you 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 know what happened is he goes well you played that horrible and I said well I'm sorry <laughs> I apologized to him like sorry I played so bad that I took all your money right yeah I mean I always my casino game of choice by far is craps uh huh craps is fucking great so I learned from at funranium on Twitter he's my Best mate, Phil. Right. And Phil taught me how to play. And craps is amazing because you can go and you can do nothing. I mean, you can put down like a pass line bet and then nothing else. And you can just watch and enjoy and you can be like, this is cool. Here I am. I'm I'm crapping. <laughs> and what's also amazing is it's like a microcosm of just insanity oh yeah of everyone's fucking just nightmarish instincts so you have things like the proposition bets like yo 11 so 11 or midnight 12 and all these other things and when you get your game together when you really understand here's the thing i'm doing when i crap and then you can go okay well i'm gonna watch other people you can see someone waste like four thousand dollars in one or two minutes really yeah you can just so because what people do is they they get a i'm doing big old air quotes get a system <laughs> yeah so a yeah. system is also if you ever hear someone at a craps table say i have a system just sit back and enjoy you're about to see something real funny nice so yeah. what it will be is it will be something weird like i bet the 10 i bet the nine so if the game's on Anything other than seven shouldn't stop them, shouldn't lose their money. But you'll watch someone be like, oh, I have a 10 and a nine or something weird. And if they ever hit, I will double them and then put 50 bucks on eight. Just the weirdest things. And they're like, ah, it makes sense. I can't explain. It's like, yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or like, the w weirder than I got to win my money back. They're just like, oh, it's all going to plan. And there is no plan. And you right. just watch. I once watched this uh, really uh, like surly big guy storm up to a table. He was like 15 grand, eight, nine, six, five, and a $4,000 pass line. And I think like two or three things here and then seven out. So he doubled everything. Seven out again. Oh no, the game went on then seven out. Meaning that basically he went through like 60 grand Jeez. in about three minutes and he was just standing there with while well, his wife like looked at her phone I was like, <laughs> and i always wonder with those people are they are they like really rich so like 60 grand to them is a line item like it's just the thing or are they just insane i think when it comes with money they're just like gambling is my thing that i do this is my entertainment 
I think it I think it could go either way. Yeah. And uh you know, even playing one two poker. Now, when I go play one two poker, I I I'll go and this is like a, two or three times a year, right? Cuz uh the casino is like a hotbed of germs. Everybody is always sick. Um and it and it makes me uh makes me feel like I have a film on my body. It makes me feel as though I've been to someplace bad, which is like, again, that's kind of cool. But like, also when I get home, I like immediately, I don't touch anything. Uh, uh, I like open the doorknob to my house with my elbow and I go in, I take like a full body shower and I'm not germaphobic. It's just that everybody constantly touches all the cards and chips. And then the dealers are always sick because the dealers do not get enough sick leave. Uh, and, uh, so I'll go in and I'll put down two or 300 bucks and I will play for like four or five hours and then I'll yeah. get up and I'll have money left. I might have, uh, I, I might've lost a hundred bucks. I might've made a hundred bucks. It's not uh, a big thing. That's uh, exactly how I play craps. It's like, I will go and I'll put down money and I'll lose like $30. Yeah. Of course, Stephen, cause I do the same thing every time. And there are good days and there are bad days, but most of the time the variance is fairly small. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to see, I was going to go and, you know, I've heard about people talking about playing roulette, playing blackjack. These are games. I've never understood roulette. uh, These are games that I understand. um, But I think the minimum bet is like 15 or $25, which to me is like you, you bet a few times and that's that, right? Because the, yeah. the house edge is so large that, you know, uh, even if, well, supposedly if you play blackjack perfectly, I think that the edge. You can't play back. You can't play it perfectly. Well, no, you can't beat the house unless you count cards. Exactly. Yeah. But you can't play any game like this perfectly unless you have, I imagine what Lionel had in Thundercats. Sight beyond sight. And <laughs> if you had that, you could see what the number was going to be. Right. And you'd do the thing. And it'd be great. It'd be so great. But I do not have that. Otherwise, I'd be in Vegas right now. I'd be, I'd be in one of those situations like the movie 21 with Lawrence Fishburne just beating the shit out of me. Because that was card counting. Oh, it's yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's not a great movie. It's fucking terrible. Uh, truly awful. Really just a boring movie. Oh, I've never with Kevin with Kevin Spacey. Oh, that guy, man he t- yeah. he turned he turned out to be a, a real character there. Yeah, real real another word beginning with C as well, and he is crockpot like cr- crackpot crockpot. That's what, what you make you can make soup it. in a crockpot. Yeah, I just <laughs> like now we're back on soup. <laughs> I told you. I told you. We, we fucking work on the soup. We stuff. fucking love like, soup here, dude. We if, talked about this beforehand, man. I, what, we like cap the soup stuff it, until Campbell's pays us the sponsorship money. Oh, it's all. Listen, it's homemade. It's homemade soup. Nobody gets a cut. Look, if I could vape soup, I would. Vape soup. Yeah. Uh, imagine. Sounds like so. That sounds like someone who would beat me at Destiny. <laughs> like. The vape soup killed you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Well, actually, I was say- thinking the other day, uh, Destiny 2, game that I play a lot of, actually something I'm very thankful for. I love that game. And one thing I'll say is, Destiny 2 has, I, I had the most perfect moment of 
all of I had the most perfect online moment that actually made me all F4 out of the game. I was killed by someone called Ricky Morty. Yeah. And then I spawned back and immediately was killed by someone called Pickle Rick. <laughs> I just fucking all F4. That went went on with my day, decided against it. Well, I'm you know what? Something that I'll say as well is I am actually quite grateful for the like we've talked about buying shit you don't need, which is something I do. And I mean, I'm I'm about to describe building a game room, which is a really fucking like not necessary thing. Yeah. It's a thing that you don't need. But we put a pinball machine in there and we put an arcade machine. We got an arcade machine this weekend. We got like one of those ones with like a thousand games or whatever. Oh, yeah. And there's something quite nice about it because we bought it and the bloke was like, yeah, I got it and I had a kid. And I was kind of embarrassed. He's like, yeah, I just had a kid. He's like, yeah, but we also had it in the kitchen. (laughs) And I wanted to be like, dude, wow, you misplayed that hand. Because at least we have a room we've sectioned off for it. But he was like, I'm actually super grateful because we just had the baby and money's been tough and we haven't been able to sell this because I said, because it's a fucking arcade machine. Yeah. Yeah. He went, yeah, exactly. I said, yeah, you just need some dumbass to come along by it. He was like laughing that he just went completely dead. <laughs> just, he was like, uh, I was like, no, 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 don't worry. It's like, I, I actually want, and we're going to rip it out and do all this interesting stuff with it. But. The nature of the internet at the moment has enabled, first of all, getting that shit out of that guy. It's because I think he had a second kid and he just had no space in his house. Yeah. Seriously, in the kitchen, dude. But also, I think he mentioned, like, this will go towards, like, a down payment for his, a new house and shit. Like, really nice stuff. But also, I am now, when I was growing up, finding anything game-related was quite difficult in London. But now, my mate who lives in Los Angeles is working with me to like build like a PC into this arcade cabinet using parts from all around the world. There's something quite magical about that. I know it's fucking cheesy to be like, it's cool, you can buy stuff and do stuff online. But the fact of the matter is, because of all these weird internet communities, there is this really interesting industry of these arcade hackers, because arcade machines are kind of a dying art, but people love building MAME cabinets, so basically ROMs. Yeah, And so yeah. you've got these people who just sell arcade sticks that they painstakingly build these beautiful competition grade i don't know what the fuck that means buttons and they build these amazing front ends and there's this whole industry just enabled by the online that i didn't imagine was possible before if it was i just love that people can actually make money doing that and people can get rid of their shit so it doesn't just end up in a landfill or like they lose money on the purchase they probably shouldn't have made. And yeah, no, it just made me happy. What all makes me happy? We have this weird world. Well, you you know, when when I was a kid, I didn't I was not a huge gamer. I, I had a computer, but like, you know, computer games were expensive. My my dad's buddy pirated software, whatever. Uh, but I remember I, I got a Game Boy and it was really hard to find anything to play for it. And basically what I would do is I would save up money. I would save up as much money as I could. And when I couldn't stand it anymore, I would start the process of asking, hey, you know, can we go to the toy store? Because that's where they have Game Boy games. And you go and then you buy what they had. And they did not have a great stock of them, even though this was like, you know, a, a really big thing. At the time, I mean, it was the predominant Nintendo, Sega, whatever was, was you know, what people gamed on. And uh, 
you know, I was reading and I was thinking about this. Uh, you know, it, it may be silly for folks like us to shop so much on Amazon, you know, taking into account the fact that, yeah, they're evil and they kill people like in the process of shipping these goods. And, you know, people are poisoned from pollution and die and everything because uh, of the production of the stuff with all the air pollution and, and uh, you know, toxic heavy metals and solvents and stuff that's used in the production of all this crap. But uh, I think that being able to order stuff online has truly changed the lives of people who live in rural communities. I think it's changed the lives of people who are disabled. And I think it's truly yeah. changed the lives of folks who are elderly and, and you know, might not have the means to go out and go drive to the store, which is not to say that in 2018, going and driving to Sears is cool. Sears and Kmart and stuff suck ass. Yeah. Like, it, and going to the store is not fun. No, no. See, people, people reminisce on this. And I they don't know why. and they say, "Oh, I wish I could go to the store." Well, it's this big, horrible place that echoes, and it has fluorescent lights, and it just and when you're done, you need to stand there and wait. Yeah, for like yeah. someone who hates their life, and I feel bad for them every time. I'm always making effort with anyone at a store, even if they're kind of shitty. Try and be nice. Try and like thank them profusely. Oh, and if they're really nice to me, even more so. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, of course, and it's just, of course. But, but like, uh, you know, going uh, every year we have to get school supplies for my daughter. And, you know, going and going to a store with all the other parents and getting the stuff. And it's basically the same price because the infrastructure of getting something and putting it in a big building where people can walk around and touch it. And then, you know, because it's August when you buy the school supplies, air conditioning the building with the doors opening and shutting and you know, you've got people standing there checking you out and you've got people putting this stuff on the shelves. You know, Amazon's labor practices suck, but, you know, you could burn two hours doing that or you could really just kind of click through it and be done and like go somewhere you enjoy with your kid instead. Yeah, and I think the also, I think the, this is a real flip after like, like, nine episodes of just saying how much Amazon sucks. But if you think about for the basics, and yeah, there is a human cost, and we've talked about how there's like no real way to actually be good anymore. Like yeah, everything you do is on some level they're, fucking someone else. It sucks. It's y- so bad. There's no way to, to be an ethical capitalist. There's no way to exist truly ethically within capitalism. I think you're right, yeah. So putting that horrible side aside, if you think about what the internet, I'm actually, it is so nice that like, I don't know if I'm thinking of my brother-in-law who's actually in town. If we want to buy his kids Christmas, we don't have Christmas, buy them Christmas, whole holiday. (laughs) buy them a Christmas present and be like, you know what? We got you something really nice and we can just get that to you. You can just, we can just have that fucking ship to you before it would be like, I need to make sure it's packaged up right. And there'd be no protection. Yeah. Like if I just sent in and got lost, it would, you USPS would be like, well, you somehow need to pay us $50. Cause we lost it. No, you're not getting anything. We're just, just taking that money. That's ours now. Also, we lost the thing. Bye. <laughs> Click. 
and now it's you can order from a website and if the if the site fucks you over you can go to the credit card company be hey i got fucked over the credit card company will go hey we reviewed and at least in my experience will be like yeah that clearly was fucked we've we've helped you out like that is but actually the point i was really trying to go towards is the access to just affordable shit if only we had a society that actually by the way backed up this with like real wages and like a quality of life that matched with this. Right. But it used to be that if you just needed some underwear, you had to go to whatever store was available. And if it was like the one clothing store, it might be reasonable. It also might be jacked up. Might The prices might be insane. Because guess what? You're fucking, we're the only game in town. Now you can go on Amazon and buy some fucking underwear. Or you can buy, like if you, if you need a cheap laptop, you're able to like have one shipped to your house. Which is amazing. Yeah. And I think yeah. we take it for granted and we talk about how bad it is because there is a bad part to it. But it is nice, like, families that don't have much money will are able to actually, like, fucking buy clothes that don't cost a shit ton of money. And they're able to do that without going to Walmart. Which, and I mean, you have you have a kid. I have a kid leaving the house sucks with a child it's just like a whole fucking thing and people are like oh well that's just part of life no that's a part of life that if you can avoid having to fucking strap your child into this iron maiden like seat because you have to go to the store to buy one thing or you can have someone that you paid you like instacart to go and buy it i don't know it feels like the world is getting a little bit kinder to those who aren't necessarily mobile. Even if it's not fucking old people or people with kids, people who truly don't want to leave the house when it's cold. As long as those people who are delivering actually are getting a fair cut. Also just the access to cheaper electronics, cheaper clothes. It's nice. You can get like, when I was growing up, it used to be, for some reason I remember, I had this association with towels being expensive. Yeah. yeah. Now you can just buy towels online and they're cheaper. They're like 15 bucks for a bunch of towels. Sure, they're not like Egyptian cotton or whatever. Well, and, and, you know, I remember just like spending, of course, it seemed like an entire day because I was a child, but I remember spending hours in department stores just walking around and there was really not very much selection. Okay, if you were if you were a kid in 1989, my daughter's 10. I was 10 in 1989. A kid in 1989, if you can imagine the sort of clothing they had and what I wanted to buy was exactly what I wear now, which is just basically plain clothing. I wanted some plain shirts. I wanted some plain jeans and some plain pants that were not like pleated and did not have weird shit all over them. And I wanted some sneakers that were like made of some sort of fabric in a color and had laces, which is basically completely how I dress now, which is just I'll wear a, a plain shirt of some kind. I'll wear some plain pants and I'll wear some plain shoes or I'll wear some boots. All of this extremely simple and plain. And yet, if you were in 1989 in Cincinnati, Ohio in JC you could not buy this. Everything yeah. was revolting. And everything, I mean, children's pants 
were so outrageously expensive that they would say, uh, you know, oh, well, these used to be 60 bucks, but they're on sale now for 48 bucks. Well, they build in the margin. Yeah. And and, discount. Yeah. And they're always on sale, of course. Right. But, you know, uh, there was no choice. You would go to the stores in the mall and that would be it. I lived out east of Cincinnati. There was a mall out there. You could go to another mall, but it had another JCPenney's in it. Right. Or, or another Sears or whatever the fuck. And really your choice for what you could get was so constrained and so small that there's no way that I can see that as being uh, somehow better. And of course, uh, you know, if you if you had disabled people in your family, you would have to take them out to shop or you would have to go out and yeah. get things for them. And God forbid, if you're old and you're alone, what would you do? Well, you would suffer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you, and, you would you would ha- not have the thing that you needed. Yeah, that's the answer. And, that's, yeah, that's it, the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's the answer to it. And so, uh, I think you know, if Amazon brought their labor standards up, and for Christ's sake, you know, maybe their profit margin might go down ten percent. Maybe their shareholders would make slightly less. You know, maybe the the folks at the top would make slightly less. Maybe Jeff Bezos, instead of $150 billion, might have $100 billion. Man, that would be fucking amazing. Yeah, and, then- and it's it sucks so much because it feels like with the slightest bit of generosity, someone like Jeff Bezos could genuinely change the world. Oh, He's yeah. Like obsessed with like building a giant pair of testicles that <laughs> when he pulls his trousers off there is just a hype a bitly link to an image of the giant brass testicles that kind of hang over seattle <laughs> and now long island city well, and it's just I, d- I don't know like so one step from that bloke and like the worst thing i know there's like the actual thing that amazon has done this democratization of shit yeah of stuff yeah and I mean that in a positive way, as unpositive as it sounded. If they actually had this thing where they were like, okay, I make a jazillion, a jizz ton of money. I make this money. Okay, cool. I am now going to just pay everyone $20 an hour. I can just do that. Yeah. I with, guess his board could oust him, but probably not. And and without any kind of stipulations or anything else, just straight up. Just that's what we pay now. Just straight and, up gave people money. Yeah. And what's crazy is if he did that, everyone would be like, oh, it's just Amazon. They're taking all the labor. People need jobs. So if they just paid a shit ton of money, then again, you start getting into the vacuous argument. I saw the other day. It's like I saw the other day as in this morning. I know how time works. You uh, you saw... I saw this, like, person talking about this op-ed in New York Times, maybe, and it was how you shouldn't, you shouldn't pay off everyone's student loans or you shouldn't give everyone free college because it would benefit the upper middle class. Hmm. And it's this weird thing of... And it all came down to... I, this guy was like, I had to pay my student loans which is just this deranged fucking thing. Oh, and then I, an argument I read with Amazon was probably like, I, I can't, well, God, I really need to find it. It's truly detestable. It was something like giving too many high paid jobs would, in, would cause inflation. <laughs> it's yeah. just that one, 
Yeah. And I think I read it as I was falling asleep because it strikes me as the kind of thing I'd sit there and like screenshot and hyperanalyze. Just like destroy my brain, just being like, I need to read every line. Anyway, we're getting away from the positives. Well, well, there are people who are able to, let's get away from Amazon because yeah, I think yeah. you made the point there. There are people who are able to sustain businesses online, yourself included, that I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that they're allowed to and that they're able to and take out the fucking startups out of this equation. I mentioned the pinball machine. Because I bought a pinball machine. It was very, very happy. It's a dream my whole life. I saved up for the fucker and I got it. Judge me. Don't judge me. Leave me alone. Anyways. This is like a dream come true for me. And the guy literally brought it himself. And he's just some guy called the Pinball Pirate. He's <laughs> yeah. out in a Benicia, California. And he's like, yeah, I have this entire business because the internet. People go looking for a pinball machine in Bay Area. I stock him, hand him over. I'm like, really? He's like, I'm like, the internet help, I guess? He's like, oh, without it, I'd just be a fucking phone number. My business would die. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's really nice. And it's like this guy who, this weird, quirky guy is able to sell pinball machines. A dying art, but like, he's got a business. He's happy. And it's just, there's something really nice about that. I love knowing these people exist and that they're happy and that they... They truly are able to like find some way of monetizing it. And I know that he's the exception and most people who have have like a thing they love can't usually monetize it. But this guy can. It's like it's something that makes me really happy about that. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's that's fantastic because there are so many things where if you did not have the power of basically taking location out of the equation. Right. So basically, distance and location is like a minor concern these days. Yeah. I mean, if I were to, if you, if, if I wanted to send you something, it would be extremely easy to do so, especially because I have a business. I have postal scales. I have software that generates postal labels. It automatically charges my card. I set it on my porch and the guy takes it and he puts it on your porch two days later. And Beautiful. the the what this has done is this has allowed niche interests to flourish because you know I am anti-consumerist. I mean, I really am. I don't think people need to buy a ton of things. But here's what I think: I think that if you concentrate your need for material objects on truly great ones that actually matter, that actually mean something and add something to your life, you can buy things and you can own material possessions and and it's not like an albatross and it's not something that is ruining the planet quite so fast as people who go and, and buy one of everything in the as-seen-on-TV aisle. Yeah. I don't think, for example, think- that... You know, I know you, we you played- talk a very bleak game here, but all in all, I feel like the online has allowed me to. It has made me happier. Uh, yeah, there are the negative reinforcements. There are the things that happen like that where I'm like, oh, okay, this fucking sucks. Like I'm reminded, I'm constantly getting messages from fucking angry people or my clients who are also angry or sometimes a combination they're in, but also. There are things like I'm able to take, like my friends and I are able to 
go on a trip to like fucking Auburn, California and just book it with a few taps. And that's someone who had their home just fucking sitting is able to. I know that there are the negatives with everything, but there is something very positive about how much how much opportunity there is out there thanks to online but again i feel that perhaps i'm too privileged and well probably definitely am too privileged but i feel that there are there are really like good things out there that i have found and things that, like the internet has actually allowed i'm very grateful for like i'm able to I'm able to talk to my family every day, thousands of miles away, but I'm able to like interact with them. I'm able to Skype my family. I'm able to genuinely have a relationship with people that I have met once, such as you. And it's wild that I'm allowed to. It's yeah, genuinely... Yeah. And for every ounce of negativity that I find, which I'm very good at finding because I'm a depressed motherfucker, always depressed, always like trying to find the negative, but there are so many positives and i do feel that people there is a fun trend away from that you're getting people who like stuff and then occasionally i'll see these people i'm like oh you like that ironically you like that so <laughs> you like that as a joke like peloton great example of just people getting mad at me because i like it yeah like, there are people who are like this costs too much money i'm like fine whatever like good good point i don't care but then there are the people like, it's a stupid thing to like. You <laughs> you're boasting when you're proud of something. It's like, no, I just, I'm just happy. And I'll just be happy. Oh, God. Yo, I, yo I, bitch. I absolutely, I, I will never post anything about uh, working out or exercising or whatever online because uh, I, I don't, you know, if it's my friends, I'll talk to, I'll talk to my friends about it. But I, I would never post anything like that online just because people uh, people read so much into it. But you know what you know what I'm what I'm seeing that we keep coming back to is uh, the fact that you know there's there's all of these terrible aspects of like consumerism and buying stuff and all this online and your attention is being diverted. But really, when it comes down to it, you know you. You know, Ed, you've talked about having depression. You know, I've talked about how uh, I I have chronic anxiety, just me generalized, too. No, me, generalized. Me too. And I just gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna say this to you because I don't think I have. And this is to you and all the other readers. If fucking readers, listeners, it fucking sucks. Anxiety sucks, and I'm sorry. And I've been there. There we are. Done. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, we we've talked about uh how uh how we we have these issues but really when it when it comes down to it the one thing that i find from online that i always keep zeroing in on and the part that i am really at the end of the day chasing when i go online is interaction with other people and i want pleasant interactions with other yeah. people and uh you know i feel bad for folks who uh, who are not able to get that interaction online. And, you know, there are a lot of people who, you know, whether it's their background, whether it's the behavioral patterns they've fallen into, whether it's just they, they took a wrong turn and they got fixated on the idea that they have to interact with people a certain way, 
you know, there, there are folks who were not able to achieve the goal of going out and, and essentially making friends. That's what I, that's what I want to do is I mean, uh, at yeah. the end of the day, Go at on. the end of the day, you're friends with the pinball pirate, right? You, you yeah. had the guy come over your house. You hung out with him for a few hours. You know, if you, if you need pinball stuff, you're going to call him and you're going to shoot the shit, you know, uh, You've used the internet to forge human connections to other people. And that is really not, you know, buying stuff is like fine and owning really cool stuff is fine. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, playing pinball with your friends or your wife, playing games with your friends, with your wife or your family, uh, all of these things end up being about people. Yeah, and uh, I fully agree. And, and, and I mean, the other day, the other day I had, I'm just going to be fucking honest with this. I was feeling it was a work thing and I was feeling like legit, actually close to the edge. I don't fucking mind saying it. If you yeah. feel like that, other people have been there. It sucks shit. But I was able to, I reached out to you. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to do I like emailed Mark Benioff. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. He's like, he like sent me like a Tony Robbins thing and like said, Maybe go to UCSF, ask for this psychiatrist. I was like, oh, well, didn't expect that. I like rambled to Peter Stormer over text. This is my coping strategy, by the way. I just message people I actually think have similar brains and hope something comes out. And nevertheless, <laughs> like usually without the internet. So for example, um, when I first lived in New York, I really didn't have tons of online friends. I had some, but like not like deep ones. Yeah. Like people I've met online who... Like I have what I consider like better than most of my real life friends with. When I feel perhaps not that low, but close, I just drink. I just drink a shit ton. Not saying I stayed teetotal that night, but I stopped myself from just trying to numb myself because I was actually able to talk to someone. Forge yeah. a relationship with someone. Have a reasonable relationship with someone and have a conversation. I don't know where the fuck I'd have been otherwise. Again, my wife was my wife was around and we talked, but sometimes those people who are closest to us physically, it's quite hard to actually... In fact, I'm sure lots of you listening will get this. Sometimes it's actually quite hard to just say how you feel. I don't know if you agree, but it's quite hard to just say the words that you can type very easily. Maybe oh, I'm just weird. No, I think, that's ex- I think that's extremely common. And there's something where... Uh, you know, you're aware that your partner or your family has their own shit you're dealing with. And, yeah. uh, you know, you you have such a close relationship with them that it can be hard to, you know, they're doing their own thing. They're working. They're taking care of, of your kid. They're, uh, you know, handling some kind of responsibility. They want to relax at the end of the day. And, you know, I know that I feel like... You know, if, if I feel like shit, sometimes I don't want to just lay that on my family, especially when they're dealing with their own shit, right? It's also quite hard to tell someone who doesn't spend literally all their life on the computer getting the money out of the computer, the things that happen on the computer that made you depressed. Yes. Even when it's yes. stuff with clients, like really reasonable things that are quite tangible it's quite hard to actually explain that without them being, well, it's been okay in the past. It's like, yeah. well, it has been, 
And my yeah, crazy brain it, is telling me that it won't be ever again, which doesn't make any sense. It, it It's kind of hard to explain. The more I try and say it, the less clear I'm getting, I feel. No, and, and you know, I think it's, I think this is why people forge friendships online because, I mean, like, like it or not, I mean, if you communicate, I mean, at you and I like DM or text each other all the time, I mean, uh, you can text me something and it's not the same as, you know, going to somebody who you hold in confidence and looking them in their face it's just like when people insult you online right people uh people will very readily insult you and tell you to kill yourself and do all this awful shit online but they would never never ever nobody has ever said anything to my face literally nobody ever and people have recognized me i'm not saying it's Every day, I don't go to the cool parts of town every day. I don't go where the youths go and the millennials, right? And, freaking and, millennials. You know, even my my own profile online has has declined, or maybe the internet's just got so much bigger that I'm really, truly inconsequential when it comes down to it. But nobody has ever been less than complimentary when I've seen them. You know, I've been at the grocery and somebody will stop me. And this is, again, occasionally, I'm not actually famous. It, it, very occasionally, maybe once a year or something, they'll stop me and they'll say, hey, you know, uh, come to the grocery for an ass kicking. And it's like, it's funny and it's nice. And I'll talk to them for a minute or maybe I won't if they're like walking away, right? And uh, just keep it's, to mumbling to yourself as they leave. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I and, and you can read social cues. So it's like if they're on their way out and they just want to say something to you in passing, it's like zing. Cool. Have a good one, man. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, I, I think that a lot of the time people have trouble laying this stuff on their friends because you get a physical reaction from the social cues of telling somebody something like this. And, and I will say, I know that, that my wife is very, uh, very, uh, emotionally cued into me and cares about my emotional well being. But by, by the same token, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't want to bother you. Right. Don't you feel like that? Yeah. Don't all you the time? Like, and she, she's always under the stress of, honestly spending more time with with our son than I do so she's always looking after the kid even with a sitter and she's and her stress is very real and very temporal and very direct like you can like she's physically exhausted she is yeah and this isn't a patriarchal thing she I am working during the day she is not but she is her work is looking after our son and it's stressful. It takes a lot out of her. So I'm like, oh, the, I'm, I always feel like I'm whining. It's like, oh, the internet money man was mean to me. It's like, it, it, I can die. She's never said it, but I could imagine her thinking like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, that's, uh, uh, that's precisely why it, it's so great. And, you know, you and I work online, chiefly online. And, uh, you know, uh, Knowing other people in the same line of business, I was trying to explain this to somebody, uh, you know, because I, I will go places 
and I, you know, I don't travel very often, but if I do, I'll usually know somebody in a place I'm going and I'll like meet up with them because they're somebody that I've talked to or I've worked with before or whatever, because I'm always fucking online. I know so many people and they're all over the goddamn place, especially if I go to a big city. Like if either one of us were to go to New York, we would know people there, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, of course, if you were to go to probably like a specific block in Brooklyn, you would probably know somebody who lives there. I, I think that I would because of, you know, bloggers and all this and all that. I'd work it out. I'd just tweet, hello, anyone in Brooklyn. Actually, oh, that, was, that actually happened to me. Like the, the only time I've ever been recognized by someone who is like not extremely on. I mean- Work wise, other than work, yeah, I never get recognized. Except my colleague Trevor invited me to this thing called Beer Pals in Brooklyn. It was yeah, actually, the only time I felt like uncomfortable about being online. Really? Like, oh, I know you. Yeah, you're verified. And I was like, uh, uh, what's going on? <laughs> but someone's like, you need to follow me, man. I was like, uh, uh. Like I want to. I I drank way more than I should have. I was so nervous. Oh no. God! I bet. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I just, I I need to go uh, wash my cat. Uh, <laughs> just like so nervous because people were, like talking about the online. It's like it's a weird taboo. Oh yeah, no, it is. It it totally is, and I've noticed that only even in the past couple years is it like uh maybe the past five or six years that people will just openly be like you know i saw this i saw this on facebook i saw this on twitter just like people who i i talk to like in my peer group in real life right i've uh only only in the past few years like before that it was definitely like a weird thing and you would be very hush hush like you would lower your voice and you'd be like did you see online did you see the thing where the guy did the picture, and it was like like a phenomenon, right? You see, you it, see that image that guy posted. Yeah, yeah, that was like it was almost conspiratorial. Yeah, and now it feels dirty to have it out there. So, yeah, like, talk about it in full voice in front of in front of other people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, look at the like." Do you hear about that post? And I'll be like, "Ah." Like, yeah, uh, I, wait, I did. Wait, what post? I did hear about the post and it's making me uncomfortable to talk about it because we it's still and have. There's a difference between like, I saw this conversation happening. I think it's like when people, like, I don't know, they were all talking about like the podcast people and what they did offline. I was like, oh God. Oh God, podcast drama. That's a thing. I like realized that existed. Oh, wow. Really? Oh yeah, it was super weird. And like someone was there. It was an ex of someone who did a podcast. I was just oh. deeply uncomfortable the whole time. But then again, I also met really pleasant people. It's so weird. And I don't know, there is no perfect balance, I guess. And I, I do feel though that there's a shit ton of stuff that the internet's got me through. And I am grateful and thankful for that because fuck if I know what I do even last week, I don't know what I would. I mean, I would have, I would have got through it fine, but I would have felt so much more alone and so much more isolated. Yeah, than I did. Definitely. Before. I mean, like, Jesus Christ, I felt fucking awful like the entire time. Like well, just you- complete. 
And but I was able to talk to someone, and they were able to honestly say, "You you're not weird. It just sucks. It sucks shit." It's yeah, like, oh, yeah. You you're you're like me. Well, yeah, and I think uh, I think that genuinely allowing people to communicate, just like you know, we always talk about, oh, you know, the internet strips these social cues away. You know, I think we can exploit that for good. You know, if uh, you know, you feel bad, you message me, you're like, you know, I'm having a shitty day, I just feel bad, you know, all this stuff is going on, but I also, like, on top of that, I feel bad, and it's clearly my brain, and I'm like, you know, I empathize because my brain does the same thing, like, I would have that conversation in real life, but it's, it's, I, I am very, I'm personally very, uh, like, very open with people, I think, and I will talk pretty openly about my own uh, emotions if I don't feel like it's going to be really intrusive. But um, yeah. I, I know that a lot of people would not. I think the vast majority of people would not broach the subject. And I know personally, I wouldn't broach the subject of having anxiety like in a serious way. Like it's funny to joke about. But I wouldn't broach it in a serious way with uh, somebody where, um, you know, I I see him. I've known him for years. We've hang we we've hung out. We've gone to the bar. We've or or we've gone to somebody's house. I see him all the time. Whatever. Uh, it would still be uncomfortable, especially another dude, right? Because men have that like toxic masculinity thing going on for two dudes to talk to each other about their feelings while they're looking each other in the face. That's not going to happen. That's very rare in the Western world, right? For, for you and your buddy yeah. to sit and, and be like, you know, uh, uh, my anxiety is getting unbearable and all this, uh, you know, in talking about your feelings is like extremely rare. And I think that's something that the internet is is really coming to bat for. And of course, not everybody uses it. There are a lot of men who use the internet to, uh, you know, just, you know, reinforce their own sexist and, and racist and, and bigoted notions and all this. But... Um, and there's even, you know, plenty, not to get too deep into it, there are a lot of people who go online, they have to play woke because of, you know, uh, they have a, a peer group or whatever they have to appeal to. And they're really actually sexist and, and bigoted and hate women and all this. But uh, I think the internet is allowing men, and I can only speak for men because I, I don't have a, a perspective on on how women communicate to each other right for obvious reasons i think that it's allowing men to communicate emotionally with each other and whether or not everybody takes advantage of that is like kind of up to them but yeah. uh you know i think that's something really uh really super great ed and i think if we could figure out a way to exploit that and get everybody and get all the men online instead of ZZ topping out and talking about ass in their erection. If we could get them to talk about their goddamn feelings and say, you know, I think I'm a misogynist because I have 
an incredibly low opinion of myself and I resent women for not sleeping with me and I can't understand that I have a bad personality and X, Y, and Z. I think that would be, I think that would literally change America. No, I fully agree. And I think that it came from a Peloton article. I had so many, I'd like a lot of people reach out privately who were guys who had weight issues. Yeah. Like really like, like I do. And also I think it's because I'm like, I had a really horrible fucking marriage and a brutal divorce. And I, I have been to some kind of fucking nasty places mentally. And something about that kind of like buffed out the worry I have about coming off as weak. Because I've been weak. I'm not some fucking genius. I'm not like the emotion genius. I'm not some... I'm not psychologically perfect at all. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I've reached a point of... I just don't care that much about looking weak or dumb. Just because... I've been there and I felt that. I felt truly weak. I know I have. I felt the weakest I think I can feel beyond being dead. And, well, I suppose that'd be quite freeing, but you get my point. (laughs) But I think that because of that, I don't care. I I fucking talk about what I would, I stopped myself doing a big thread about weight because I didn't think many people would read it. But I also realized, like, I think about how fat I am true or false is irrelevant i it's been brought down to about 20 times a day it used to be about 100 and i really am not underestimating that yeah yeah well uh, i think and that and, but being able to open up like that has helped like three people maybe i don't know well i think the more people that do it and the more normal it is for men to be like you know uh i'm disgusted by my own body I think the more people that can open up about that, uh, I think it will lead to people having better behavior because I'm not a psychologist. Ed, we, maybe we ought to have a, a psychologist on the fucking show as long as we don't have to pay him because they're extremely expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably but, uh, uh, trick one into believing it was a session for me and then just... <laughs> well, uh, I think... Uh, that perhaps people that are that especially men that have trouble expressing themselves and and have trouble confronting the fact that they you know have self-loathing for one reason or another they don't feel you know they feel insecure because of one reason or another uh and and they have you know maybe they have an idea of themselves that doesn't match up with uh what other people see in them and, and so, you know, they have these, these feelings and they cannot express their emotions. And so they sort of sublimate it into these other forms of expression, like, uh, like men's rights and, uh, Bitcoin and, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin is something different. I, Bitcoin is more, <laughs> big, no, Bitcoin, as they Bitcoin. say, <laughs> how to buy Bitcoin, but. Yeah. <laughs> With Bitcoin, that's just a different thing. That's a des- For me, that's a desperation that people have that they never quite got into day trading and yeah. got their yeah. millions there, or they never got into startups, didn't get their millions there, so this is their chance to get their millions, which they'll never get, because the moment it becomes that obvious, you're never going to get it. As far as 
men's rights stuff goes, so much of that is just this weakness. Not necessarily, and I, I don't want to be clear, I don't mean this is I'm a men's rights guy, but it's not super different from when a guy feels weak or anxious. Everyone's looking yeah. for a fucking answer yeah. online. Some of us make great friendships like this one. We're lucky. And actually, I don't want to say lucky because it is still a fucking choice to be a sexist piece of shit. Right. But it is that same path of weakness and anxiety where some seek empathy and they seek understanding and they seek that in a form that is close to virtuous, in a form that is okay. This is still, I'm still being a good person. I don't have to justify what are objectively cruel acts. I want to try and find people who understand and truly like want to help or at least are like me and I can feel better about being myself. Well, then, there are yeah. the, then there are the people who take that a step further to mean people who are like me who have taken the schemata of my life and made it so that women are the problem, not me. Women, <laughs> they are the f they're at fault. Them not having sex with me is a form of assault. And it's just this bizarre justification of... Also, by the way, best, best advice in dating is always still going to be she's just not that into you. Just I love that advice. It's so cliche to say, but the moment I truly internalize that, any kind of like angry sexist shit in my head just went i was like oh it's that's yeah, actually quite freeing it's just like she just doesn't like me it's nothing personal it's yeah nothing about, yeah nothing about me oh you know what maybe it is personal maybe i'm not attractive to her moving on because she is not attracted to me and that's great but anyways back to the very bizarre long-winded point i'm making it's a lot of us get online looking for if not the dopamine rush the somewhere to feel somewhat more comfortable than where we are physically. And yeah, absolutely. men historically have been trained to push down emotions. We are pushed towards yeah. anger or bravado, effectively one of those two things. That's why I feel that these MRA, these MRA types, I feel that they are just, they've... They found a home that just plays into their nastiest, cruelest, shittiest instincts. And it's so well, sad and I because think it's like the right fucking push in the right direction at the right point. You might have just been a sad guy who sought help, not a fucking cruel yeah. shithead. Because you're too weak well, to admit yeah, that just sometimes the world does not give direct answers. Yeah, and, and I think... Uh, I think that what you'll notice is that all these guys who get on this stuff, they always end up seeking a community. Yeah. No matter what they say, no matter how much of a lone wolf they claim to be or how strong they claim to be, they are seeking out a community and uh, uh, they they are looking. I mean, everybody wants an answer. It's very tempting to grab the marshmallow. You've heard about the marshmallow experiment. It's Which a flawed has been proven experiment. proven to be completely. Yeah, flawed experiment. But it's easier if you're seeking. Okay, so if you're out there in the world and you're like, I'm lonely, I hate myself, is the answer that 
I hate myself because uh, I need to work on myself and I need to, uh, you know, put more positive emotion and more love out in the world. And I need to like have empathy for other people. And I need to like talk with everybody and I need to like be or like remove myself from the poisonous circumstances that are causing me to act like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, you know, sometimes people can't, especially if they're young, they can't get out of a situation and, and you know, all this and all that. Oh, but yeah. uh, uh, all of that notwithstanding, I think uh, you're absolutely right that, you know, everybody is just seeking basically the same thing, which is uh, other people to understand them. And appreciate and, uh, them if you, as well. If, appreciate, and appreciate their station them. and their problem as important. Yeah, and you know, it's a lot harder to find uh people who exist in the real world and uh are are good people as opposed to finding people who play by some weird arbitrary set of rules and uh somehow and, and of course there's no insight that you know the the folks who exist in this sphere none of them are actually happy and no. all this and all that but um I I think that's what it comes down to though is you know uh you know the internet can help us get stuff and the internet uh you know can deliver us soup i know that i've had soup delivered to me many times Delicious. i would love to be able to vape soup sometime in the near future but I ultimately like i, I disagree think... fundamentally on that though because <laughs> if you vape soup you take away the texture which is one of the marvelous things about soup is that that feeling unless it's hot soup in which case it's deeply unpleasant as we all know <laughs> But my it, feeling I, is that you'd want, if you vaped soup, you're just kind of, you're not enjoying soup anymore. You just, just got some food air. Well, that, uh, you know, it's just the great way to top off a yeah. dinner of soup because, you know, you're full. A gasp of food air. Well, you're full. And it's like a, it's a weight of liquid. You know, a gallon, yeah. a gallon of soup, because soup is essentially water. So a gallon of soup weighs like eight pounds. Okay. So you're carrying well, it around. I still you're feel carrying around all the this texture soup. of soup is where the magic is. Like, <laughs> if I didn't have <laughs> that, that lovely kind of warmth plus the flavor, it's always so much fun. <laughs> like the so much fun. I wouldn't really say fun, but you've got all of this. If you if I had soup, I mean, also I wouldn't say my mum's butternut squash soup is like water though, because it's mostly just that it's got a really different texture. Anyway, if, like you tune in, if you tune into the Patreon episode, we're going to spend the next fourteen hours talking about texture <laughs> soups no, but all, you'll all, find you'll find it directly after the zz top episode yeah directly after the the entire album i made with my mouth <laughs> but in also and i'm rounding it back to a nicer point where i was i think there is a truly wonderful thing about connecting online and i know a lot of the podcasts out there that you listen to and I, there is a, there's absolutely an area of, yeah, it's fun to be negative and mad at stuff. Like we've all been there. Being mad is like, there's a catharsis to it. It is sad though, that more people can't be a bit more open with shit. Men, 
it's men. Men men need to. I don't mean that in the fucking like, kill all men thing. I mean just like it's all but right. It's, but it's, it's all right, lads. You can actually talk about it. It's not about being woke or like having anxiety. It's just fucking talk because the truth is that is how you get. That's how you get two equalities where men admit the weaknesses. And it is a distinctly male problem online. Like men are obsessed with seeming strong, and the online gets oh, the chance yeah. to do that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think that a lot of the problems that you run into online, the reason that people fight so much, and and the reason that people are so nasty is just because they they are acting out this idea of what they think a man needs to be. Yeah. And it's because they don't it's because they are, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm not a psychologist. I think it's probably because they think, "Hey, I'm not so great. I'm not so strong. Maybe they have uh, issues with their with their personality. Maybe they have issues with their sexuality. Maybe they have issues connecting with other people." Uh, you know, there's a whole list of things uh, uh, where where people can feel like they don't like an aspect of themselves, and it's not the aspect of themselves that's problem. That's the problem. It's often that you know you can recognize it and you can live with it and you can be honest with yourself about it, and uh, and you know you you won't necessarily sublimate that into having negative interactions with other people. Um, and, you know, I've I found that uh, strangely uh, talking about my anxiety, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, a monologue, like essentially a podcast, you know, talking with you, Ed, but uh, uh, whether it's on here or, you know, making comics about it or whatever, uh, uh, talking to my partner about it, I find that it it mitigates how bad it gets just the act of saying, you know, I feel like shit right now. Well, why do you feel like shit? Well, because I've just, my fucking anxiety is spiking and my mind is cycling. And it doesn't matter like what I'm thinking about because whatever I'm thinking about is not real because when you have depression or anxiety, your brain is just fucking lying to you. Yeah. Right. Which also I mean, when you, when you have it said to you, when you're feeling like that, you're like, shut up. I mean, I wouldn't say that so many. I had like three people say that to me. I know they mean well, but I was yeah, always like, shut, yeah. shut up, man. Like, oh, no. It and feels that's, real that's, convincing. I, I don't really want to. Oh, yeah. It it does. It does. It's super convincing because, I mean. It's you, your brain. It's in your head. It It is your brain and you are your brain, right? <laughs> so so I, think, uh, and I think giving voice to it, though, takes some of the terror away, but also just accepting there might not be anything you can do yeah yeah totally and actually yeah, reaching totally. out and talking to people is important that's the one thing i would say i repeat our promise from a few episodes ago like if you are feeling like shit my dms are open i don't know about yours true mine are and i am here to listen to whatever shit's happened I, I, i've been through probably less than you i i feel like shit a lot but like i'm always here because Truth is, like, a lot of the time it's just important to feel important. Like, to feel like your problem is real. And it is. And I'm thankful for anyone who bothers to reach out. Like, it's tough to also ask for help. You'll think, you'll think probably one of the following things, Drew. I'm sure you'll agree with these. It's not that important. People have it worse. 
Um, I'm stupid for feeling this way. I should just be able to think my way out of it. It's not that big a deal, but I feel like shit, so I feel stupid. Something along those lines. The answer is, well, you do feel like shit, and it's real, and give me a DM. I don't care. I got I got time. If I don't have time, I'll well, tell you, and I'll, I'll tell you I will come back, and I'll actually I'll contact you again. I'm not here to yeah. blow you off. Hey. And, and, you know, also, I'll, I'll just say, you know, it's rare that people actually want to, if you're an adult man, you know, I'm almost 40, it, it's very rare that other men want to talk with me about their feelings. It oh, yeah. makes me feel like I'm being held in confidence. It makes me feel like other people want my input. And it makes me feel like I can genuinely help somebody by listening to them. Because, yeah. you know, I've I've been there, Ed, and you've been there too. And and so, you know, uh it it's not wrong to, you know, if you if you've got a friend and they're going through it, to just be like, hey, what's up? Do you want to talk about it? And if they don't, whatever. I mean, if to, they I'm, do, I will listen if to they whatever. do, then yeah. As yeah. long as you're not like, I beat my wife because I'm anxious. Yeah, I please have no do not. I have no fucking... No, I'm just, just going to put that one out there. I've, I have no fucking time for you for that one. But that's... Again, that's a very internet thing to say. Like, if that guy texted me, he was depressed, he beat his wife, or totally... Like, I'm like falling into a fucking man trap there. Yeah, just, <laughs> if this yeah. situation where I could look super virtuous happened... No, like most likely like you feel like shit about work or you had a breakup or you're unhappy in your relationship or some shit like normal stuff that happens. And the truth is there's a bunch of stuff. There are things that if they happen and you're depressed, like, well, maybe you just need to fucking deal with it. But most of the time, that's not true. There's literally very few of them. Like, and honestly, things could be going great and you probably still feel like shit. Again, I've been there. Yeah. And the and it can take the important, important thing is. Talk to someone about it. If even if you come to me and I'm like, I are using my fifty-nine million dollar system for quantifying whether something is a big deal, I find you <laughs> guilty of overreaction on the computer. I will still fucking sit there with you and go, okay, how do we think our way out of this or talk away? Perhaps you just need to fucking talk to someone. Truth is, most things hurt for a reason. And it may be super deep. It may be super thin. It's just kind of, we are here for you. It's not much to ask to like say, hey, I'm gonna spill my soul for you. Like it's a you are you are if and like Drew has said before, it makes us feel good by helping. So by all means. Oh yeah, absolutely no, and that's uh you know. If you're if you're thinking, oh, you know, this is bullshit, you know, they're just saying that. No, I'm going to be real with you is that, you know what, if some random person uh, uh, comes to me and is like, yo, you know, I feel bad, whatever. I feel anxious, whatever. I'll talk to somebody for for a few minutes or an hour or whatever. And uh, I feel like I help. Man, that's that's great for me because I made an emotional connection, too. Right. And here's the thing. Is that if you're listening to this, here's the thing that that I, I want to leave you guys with before we go today. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you are feeling kind of weird about hearing two dudes talk about their emotions and talk about connecting with other people, you realize we're not 
talking about anything funky. No. This is what we're talking about is finally after 30 or 40 years, we've realized after growing up as men in 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 uh, mostly in America, I grew up in America, Ed has been in America for 10 years, growing up as men in America or in the Western world with this masculinity that just pervades the culture, if it makes you so super uncomfortable to talk about your thoughts and feelings with another man, then uh, you should you should consider that that is something that you could work on because it's a way to be healthy is to actually forge an emotional relationship with somebody else. You know, of course, if you have a partner or you want to find a partner or, or whatnot, or you have your family or you have your support system of friends or however your social life is organized, maybe you don't have anybody. It is totally normal to want to have an emotional connection with other people. And it is fulfilling in a way that buying shit will never be fulfilling. And this is this is the whole consumerist angle, okay, is that we like to communicate with other people and we want to feel like we're understood and we want to feel like other people value us enough to achieve an understanding of us and to share their own emotions with us. So, uh, you know, it especially if you're a gamer, you know, you can't walk into a Fortnite lobby and be like, Hey, you know, are any of you guys depressed, you know, feeling down? Do you need a hand? But you know what? Privately, you know, talk to your friends. You know, if you talk, if you got a big group chat going and everybody's lolling and whatever, and somebody's getting fucked up, listen, reach out to your buddy and just be like, Hey, uh, what's up? What's going on? You going through it, whatever. Right. And you know what, if they don't want to talk to you, that's fine. But you know what, you'll be surprised what happens if you actually reach out and you actually make yourself vulnerable by showing that you care about another person. And you know what, sometimes you will reach out to somebody else and say, Hey bro. Hey dude. Hey man. Hey, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, I care about your feelings, right? And sometimes people will rebuke you, but that's because they're struggling with their own inability to share their emotions, okay? And the, the thing is, if, if you do this, you will be rewarded more than you can imagine. And listen, especially if you're a young man listening to this, listen, just just think about it. I, I know you probably think you probably already turned it off, whatever. But, uh, you know, think about it. This is how people get out of the cycle of being unhealthy. This is like one rung on the ladder. This is not an easy solution. And it's not easy to form a deep emotional connection with somebody else. It takes a lot of time and a lot of work which is why uh, men's rights or whatever other kind of misogynist thing is so easy to take hold. But I guarantee you, and just like Ed said, you know, uh, if you're listening to this, I, I promise, uh, you know, and, and you're going through it, you, you want to talk to us, whatever, feel free to drop us a line. We're nice. I promise. Ed. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. 
We, we love you guys. We're here for you. Thanks. 